Her muscles rippled beneath her thin coat. Where Newton's face had been fixed in a permanent clown-like expression, Callie's was always on high alert. Her head was like a periscope, constantly swiveling back and forth in search of prey. Though she was quite friendly, her posture was off-putting to many of the dogs in the neighborhood. Callie's strong drive caused endless distress to Helen and Betty. Whenever Callie killed a chipmunk, the girls would berate her for, the, for her cruelty. <laughs> to make matters worse, Callie wasn't cuddly. She didn't like to sit in laps. Sure, she would readily hop on the sofa, but then she would curl up like a cat at the other end, nearby, but not quite touching. Oh, she was a bird dog. I miss my pet and ritual with Newton. He would burrow under the covers, seeking refuge in my armpit, and I would pretend to protest. Although Kali wanted to sleep in the bed, her state of alertness never switched off. She would assume a position at the foot of the bed facing the door, on watch for potential intruders or edible critters. <laughs> Same thing. Any attempt to move her unleashed a snarling, snapping bundle of her. She wanted nothing to do with my armpit. There was a dog training facility in a street mall within walking distance from our house. It was called Comprehensive Pet Therapy, CPT for short. Shortly after Kat adopted her, we signed Kalia up for the basic obedience class. CPT was the brainchild of Mark Spivak, who founded who founded it in 1992. I first met Mark when we signed Lira for obedience training in 2005. Mark was not your typical dog trainer. He graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a degree in economics and then received his MBA from the University of California, Berkeley. Mark bounced around the semiconductor industry in the Bay Area for a while, but never meshed well with management. After he moved to Atlanta and his German Shepherd topper started competing in agility competitions to relieve some of his work stress. They did well, and Mark began helping friendly with dog training problem. Friends? Wow, I can't read really. it. <laughs> they did well, and Mark began helping friends with dog training problems on the side. Within a few years, he decided to take the plunge and go into the dog training business full time. Mark was no nonsense kind of guy. He employed several schools of thought about dog training, choosing the methods most appropriate for each dog and owner. And while he favored positive training methods, he acknowledged that punishment was also necessary from time to time. 
Even though I hadn't yet bonded emotionally with Kali, I did enjoy working with her in Mark's obedience class. Lyra had taken this class too, but she had never had the level of intensity that Kali brought to the table. Kali wasn't warm and cuddly, but I had to respect her work ethics. <laughs> she couldn't get enough training. <laughs> she would do anything for a bit of hot dog. I was amazed that she learned basic comments like sit, stay, and calm in just a few tries. The CPT teachers loved to use Kali as an example because she watched them intently and worked tirelessly for a treat. Sounds like, you know, I'll lick the mic as long as you pay me the subs and tell me I am so beautiful. I am such the best woman. Sounds pretty much the same, guys. As Mark was the only dog trainer I knew, and the difference is that the dog will be loyal to you, the others won't. If you haven't realized that yet, by the way. Their loyalty will rely only on one factor, how much money you keep unleashing on them. Or if you bring them clout, I mean, you have to bring them what they need. But don't be negative, we're being factual. This is not being toxic, honey. Toxic are those who in actions are opportunistic and try to come across as scary individuals when really they are simply not. If you are going to be that way, own it. That's called owning who you are instead of trying to... But the cult, the cult always tries to appear like the dude next door. I'm so innocent, they're attacking me, I don't know why, they're so sad. <laughs> <sighs> Always the same tactics, it makes me laugh. So you see, like, as you, as you see these dogs and how they behave, right? This is what made me think of it. I know, the brain is funny. I'm not the only one. <laughs> There's lots of people like that, just, you don't bother, you know, paying attention to that. Some of us do, so it's not that particular. <laughs> particularly incredible but this dude is you know he's talking about all this stuff it's very true if you own the dog you know that they're all very different and i i did have a dog like this because grandpa was exactly like that she was not a cuddly dog like usual she was a guard dog she was the best bodyguard guard dog ever she did, they do like to play and interact with you, and you know, over time they do become more, I find, with age. They soften up, but they are guard dogs. Dogs are all very different. The fruit girl, for example, she likes to come under my chair. <laughs> and she likes to come close, but then she gets overwhelmed and she needs to go and get her space. And Minnie was just like, Aim to please, man. I aim to please. That was our slogan. <laughs> so, what he's saying is very true. And a lot of the things, like, he's talking about is uh, so relatable for anyone who's had dogs. And when I went to training with my dog, Grappa, I had the same thing. Grappa, Grappa, Mini also, and the Fru-Fru. 
They all learn very quickly in Pepsi. They just chose not to because they're stubborn and I don't personally, a punishment, I mean, it depends what the punishment is. Um, I wouldn't, you know, use body or, they're like kids, so whatever we do, they absorb and give back. It's just dogs usually just take a lot of shit and they don't give back. They keep loving you and trusting you. So, it's really, really sad when I see people mistreating them. I don't know when they mistreat anybody, don't really rock. It's all the same. It's just when they are, you know, creatures who are not aggressive at all and so loyal, I really don't get it. You know, it's like, what the fuck? Why are people so. And when they are, you know, damaged, if you want to say it, you know, some of them, that's why they are so aggressive, right? Like, and then they blame the dog and they put them down. And it's like, you got them there, you know, there is ways, there are ways to rehabilitate them, there are strong, well-trained people who are able to do that kind of stuff. And um, if they were really serious about resolving all these issues, they would, but they are not, so. Because when there is a lot of conflict, someone is always making a lot of money, and that's what people seem to not pay attention to. Follow the money, follow the lies, you know. Wars, um, the people who push the wars make money on both sides usually and they get clout if not money so they get some very big advantage that will further their own bullshit. It's all about power and they want to have their own, they want you to, to work, to be the slaves, you know, or die if you don't want to comply. And people just don't seem to pay attention to these things. and. And then, you know, of course, they use all those people who will make you, you know, distracted from what matters and will make you have spikes in emotional, you know, you feel lonely and so it's like eating, you know, it's like any addiction, really. So people can be addicted to watching others and um, being, basically being there, you know, the whole time. and. As they do that, it's not real happiness, it's not real, because it's not real at all, and these people really don't give a fuck, and they don't give you anything to be independent and, you know, self-soothe yourself. And that's the thing that makes me laugh when they try and attack people who actually do, you know? When you come here, you go away with a bunch of information, and then you can do whatever you want with it. But you're not dependent on anything and anyone to achieve the level of relaxation anymore. So coming back is just your choice at that point. So they don't do this. What they do is they hook you to their crap so then you don't pay attention to anything else. And then you have this false idea that you're part of a group that doesn't exist. It's obviously just for money and clout. Because these people identify, they think that they are winners because they have a lot of people watching them and you know they don't realize that the fact that they don't come unless you are naked tells you that they don't really care about what you have to say they care about watching you and unfortunately that's not gonna last very long so guess what you know you're setting yourself up for failure and you don't want to see it 
And I, like at some point, if, if you weren't doing it for money, you need to know when to bow out and just do something, you know, that will actually be in line. If you are a, a really, if you are really a positive force, you will go and do something that doesn't mean you. I'm sorry. It's the bottom line. You're playing the cult's game, and, and, and that's what it boils down to. And dogs don't do that, that's the difference. Dogs will take the abuse and stuff from their master. I don't agree with this terminology, by the way, but that's how people understand it. And uh, for me, my dogs are my companions, and it just happens that in this fucked up reality, People have the erroneous idea that they are things they own and that they are inferior to them when it's really the opposite. So I'm not really interested in using that terminology, however, a lot of people understand that. So yeah, I have to take care of them because in this reality they are not um, able to be completely independent probably. Even though many of them are, sea coyotes are a form of dogs, just wilder and smaller, usually. But it's not, um, you know, it's not because they're inferior or anything else. And ultimately, the difference with them is that they are loyal. They are not going to lie to you. They are not going to pretend they like you and smile at you and say, oh, thank you for this when you can hear it in the tone and in everything, they couldn't give a shit less. They are literally just playing a part. And it's so obvious. But a lot of people fall for it because, you know, if it's not uh, one thing, it's the other. And it's undeniable that, uh, you know, there is a certain pull. Um, when you see certain things, there is a trigger usually inside of people. Just how it is. So they're using. Um, the, the knowledge of how people work to manipulate them. Do you call that positive? I call that toxic. So yeah, they are toxic, absolutely. Whatever they say about other people is them. They are the ones who don't provide any knowledge that people can take away and better their lives. They're just entertainers who want to keep people occupied just like all entertainers do. While they get fucked more and more by those who are making shitload of money through every single crisis. And they are, you know, every war always brings people to buy more stuff to do with sex and bullshit. Because that's what people go for when they're stressed out. So, it's very simple. They are literally using them, and then when you expose this, oh, you're being, no, I'm being factual. You just don't like the fact that, simply put, <laughs> I am single-handedly exposing the fact that what you're doing is helping the cult, and you don't like it, you know? And the only reason why I care is because you put your shit in that section. You could have put it in a just chatting where everything goes, right? You don't put it in a section dedicated for people who have anxiety. And anyone with a brain knows what I'm saying is right. And anyone who really cares 
we'll fight just as much for it, because that's what's the right thing to do here. They are crazy, absolutely they are. And it's un unfortunate, because they call everybody else crazy. No, you are the crazy ones. You and anyone who looks at you as a winner, you are not a winner. You have money, that's it. It's not that much. Really, in the end. Sure, you achieved the only goal you ever had in your life, obviously. Being admired? Because that's how you get your... If you didn't have all those things, if you were poor, and if you were disfigured, let's say, you know, your house catches on fire. You know how sometimes you hear people go through that shit, right? What would you do then if you didn't have your health, for example, if you got sick and you were disfigured? What would you do? How would you feel inside? Ask yourself that. You know? Many people have been through this throughout their whole life. They've been treated like shit. When these people go out and say, oh yeah, they're behaving, they're saying that because nobody cares about what they say, blah, blah. You know, you don't realize once again what you're doing, right? You are the ones who need the validation of others. You are the ones, not those people. Those people are the ones who ever since they were born or maybe, you know, they had... I know people who had accidents when they were young and they were disfigured and their life changed completely. They have a, a different level of maturity because when you go through shit, you learn to respect others, all of them. Respect also means that you don't do things that are fooling them. You don't use their weaknesses to make money off of them. That is not being positive. That's toxic. And that's what we want to change on the earth. On the earth, we want to bring people who do marketing to let people know what things are out there that can solve their problems. Not to fool people to get products they don't need. So there is marketing and marketing. And that goes for everything. I can flatten any of those people and their stupid arguments in my sleep. Because unlike them, I spend my whole life giving a shit about them. About them. About the problems, the real problems. Not them, the people. <laughs> like them. People like them, I always looked at as, you're damaged. That's why you call other people crazy. You're damaged. You were never raped. You never had certain things. So you have no idea what you're talking about. And hope in that never happens to you because the way you are, you're not gonna be able to handle it. You're gonna go walkers. Because if this is how you are after growing up in a fairly normal family, having everything you needed and stuff, oh good lord. If you actually had serious problems, how would you be? You are crazy, absolutely. That's why I tell people like that. There are many like that out there. I don't talk to them, and I say, if they bother me about it, I'll tell them that. And the only people that bother 
people like that are people who watch them secretly. They salivate as they go online. And then, you know, because they're being raised by both thumpers, thinking sex is bad, right? Everything is bad. Sex is not bad. That's not the issue. The, the real issue is this. They are using exception for people who have anxiety and have been, you know, a lot of these people have had some kind of sexual abuse when they were children. A lot of people. They may not even remember it. That's what I want to say. So these sections specifically are designed for people with stress. Unfortunately, it is a reality that that kind of stuff can trigger people. It doesn't belong in there for this reason, because when you go to that section, you want to find stuff that is not triggering. Period. And they don't get this. I don't care what you do. You can warn yourself out as much as you want. It's your choice. I just don't have to be a part of it. And people who have gone through that kind of shit, they don't need all of this crap. They've had enough. Do you understand that? No, they don't. Because they have never been raped, maimed, and so forth. So what will the universe do to them? What do you think? The universe will put them in that position. If they don't get it without going through it, they will go through it eventually. That's what the universe does. So sometimes there are fools like me who try and talk to them about it. I give up on that. I don't go and talk to those people. I talk about it in my stream, but that's again. People who come here already know this stuff. They tell me. Sometimes they don't know what's going on in other places. Maybe they go, what, what is she talking about? It's just always the same one thing. So they can do what they want, but it's crap. It's like, okay, there is this dude on one of these platforms, and he's he works for the CIA, apparently. Like, he, he says it. And uh, he, you know, of course, he's a psychologist, a professor, and blah, blah, blah. So this dude um, does did exactly, and I saw it right away, like, that's the thing. I saw it right away because um, he was saying things in a certain way, and that's the way they talk, the double, double speak. And I was sitting there and I'm listening to this guy, right, and he says some stuff that, you know, can fool you, or, you know, can make you think, oh yeah, okay, I get it. And then, of course, at some point, when you're not paying attention, when you when he's got your trust, because remember, these people are professors in psychology. They have so much experience in manipulating people. They're not like us. We are not the same sort of people, right? But we are the bullshit detector. That's the thing they hate about us, is that no matter how much training they have and how many tricks they use, we see their bullshit. And I was like that as a kid, and I always called them out. And I was always right. So the fact that people, for example, don't didn't listen to people like me, they regret it afterwards. So I ain't the fucking one who feels like a loser. <laughs> but you must, because if you bring it up all the time, you know, how it's important for you that there's so many people watching you. 
And this is the thing that they do. They play with deduction. So they don't tell you the thing. They just tell you that thing that makes your brain automatically assume it's in a certain way. The best mind control and brainwashing is done when you have no idea it's happening. And people like this dude are masters at it. So he goes on and on, builds a trust, and then comes out and goes, Oh yeah, all those people who are anti-mystery Jews, they are cowards. I'm sitting there and I was laughing so hard, like, there you have it. I was waiting for him to fuck up. I was like, let's see when he's gonna say the lie. Let's see when he's gonna do the CIA job, right? This is the bottom line. These people are masters of manipulation. They know how to create. Why do you think there are all these streams that pop up from nowhere and all of a sudden they have gazillion people watching them? You really think it's because they are so great or by chance? No. This is all fucking manipulated. Because the internet is fake. And you don't know who's behind it. So, so it's fake. But not everybody's fake, right? Usually you don't get to see as much those people. And if you go against the green at all, they shout at you. It's the best way. Don't make them realize they're shouting at <laughs> Just shout at them. Instead of banning them and stuff. No, just... You know? So, it's just funny, you know? Now it's the latest bullshit. I don't really watch a lot of Jeff Berwick or The Crow House or anyone. I don't really follow religiously anything. But it's funny how every now and then when I get their emails, they talk about, the, you know, we got an email today about what I was talking yesterday and the other day and the day before. I'm laughing my ass off, like, yeah, like, if you're not blind, you must see it's all a psyop. It's a psychology operation. They invest all their money. That's what the Nazis were about. It was just to cover up that they were doing all these studies, these psychological experiments on people. And then, you know, just like with the animals, they are garbage, right? You know that all those beauty products, unless they're cruelty-free, they have been tested on animals, and then the animals are thrown in the garbage. And many times, they're not dead yet. Yep, that's what you support. Oh, but I want to open a shelter. <laughs> yeah, because the cult always makes them have 20 different personalities, and one of them has to be of the saint. And they totally play the part great, because they have multiple personality disorder to the max. And they don't fucking realize that, you know, the other personality is a fucking serial killer. Very real things. Seen it with my own eyes, how they change and they change physically. It's a thing, it's real, it's scientifically proven. Your ignorance comes through whenever you laugh at actual science and whenever you believe in bullshit. Like the spinning globe. Think for that. Think for that. Think for that. You are. So, so, so anyway, going back to the fucking book. 
Because today, that's how it goes. <laughs> it's too bad Relax is not here. I've loved my rant. I'll have to tell him to catch it later. <laughs> Alright, but I'm just talking to myself. As Mark was only dog trainer, was the only dog trainer I knew, it made sense to approach him about the idea of training dogs to go into an MRI. He took an almost academic approach to dog training, so I hoped he would find the idea of scanning dogs' brains interesting enough to do for fun. Much to my delight, Mark agreed to meet. The modern study of dog behavior began with every biologist's hero, Charles Darwin. In the expression of the emotions in man and animal, Darwin devoted a great deal of attention to the dog as an owner himself. His study of dog behavior didn't require a trip to the Galapagos Islands. What Darwin understood and what every dog owner knows, but many research scientists seem to have forgotten, is that dogs have a rich set of expressions and body language. Darwin had no problem discerning joy, fear, and rage in dogs. He was primarily concerned with observing the expression of these emotions, not with the intent of training these intelligent animals, but rather to understand how human emotions evolved. Well, those intelligent animals are less intelligent than swine. For those of you who don't know, it was the famous Russian psychologist Ivan Pavlov who launched the modern era of dog training. Unlike Darwin, Pavlov had no love for dogs himself. He was just using them to study the digestive system. The problem was that his dogs started salivating before he fed them. And this messed up his data. Regardless of what you think about Pavlov, his failed experiment led to the most important discovery in psychology of the 20th century, for which he was awarded the Nobel Prize in 1904. His discovery has completely dominated theories of dog training ever since. Pavlov's discovery is called classical conditioning, although some people honor him by calling it Pavlovian conditioning. During the period in which Pavlov was doing his experiments, psychologists thought of the entire nervous system as a collection of reflexes, like the involuntary leg jerk when a doctor raps on your knee. They believed that all behaviors, even complex ones, were basically a series of reflexive actions. A reflex could be broken down into two parts. The unconditioned stimulus, U.S. <laughs> Us. <laughs> and the unconditioned response. You are your... I'm just joking, it's like you are. That's what they were. For sure, you know? Acronisms and whatnot. For the knee reflex, the us 
is the hammer hitting the patellar tendon, and the R is the quadriceps contraction contraction that results in the leg jerking upward. Ding! Kick. Kick the doctor, right? <laughs> I always found that funny. <laughs> you can tap there sometimes, so it, it does work. I've done it before. And um, it can relax you sometimes if you're really stressed out. Pavlo realized that his dogs were having reflexive, reflexive, <laughs> reflexive responses, but they were natural. Hungry dogs will always salivate when presented with food. This is a natural and thus unconditioned response. But has Pavlo discovered if something neutral like the ringing of a bell regularly perceives the presentation of the food? the dog will start salivating at the sound of the bell. See, that's what those people who do early can do. They use the Pavlov method. And that's why I was talking about it, but whatever. It's just we didn't read it yet. Sorry, guys. I must be feeling a little better because I'm more in tune with things when I proceed what I'm gonna read and I talk about stuff. It's true that I talk about that a lot, but um, often it happens when the same topic comes up after. So this is what's going on really though. Like it's a puzzle method and they use it with everything, with a lot of the, you know, tricks and stuff. The way they get people, you know, all fired up about one thing or the other. Like, all those people who believe in Black Lives Matter is actually, you know, they don't realize there's sorrows behind it. <laughs> no, because obviously, you know, they probably have been completely brainwashed. They have been Pavloved. <laughs> Don't be a Pavlov. That should be our new thing. Don't be a Pavlov. Don't try to Pavlov. <laughs> Come on, you're being such a pain. I'm trying to... I like to keep a candle on, you know, for all the people who are suffering and dying and stuff. I always do that with the amethyst. There's lots of people who do this kind of stuff. It's nice to see. So anyway, that's why I was really talking about it. It's because you, they did it with animals and then they realized they, people you know, were pretty much the same actually as people. It's a little more complicated, but um, they figured it out. That's what the Nazis and all those people are doing. Really. It's nothing to do with anything else. And they make people believe it's people doing to people. It's all bullshit, guys. The people are like you, you and me, everyone. We just want a happy, you know, simple life. We don't need to have 10,000 people salivating after us. You know, we just want that one person to be happy with. Yeah, we're normal human beings. 
That's right. We don't want to mar be married morals. <laughs> God, no. Never being my role model, ever. I always felt sad for her, ever since I was young. I'm with her anyway, because I'm sure if she could do it over, she would do what she did. So, anyway, victims. The bell, a neutral stimulus, becomes a conditioned stimulus, CS, and the salivation it evokes is now conditioned response, CR. The terminology of unconditioned and conditioned refers to stimuli and responses that are either natural or created by the experimenter. By itself, classical conditioning doesn't say much about our training. The responses are so simple that they don't constitute anything remotely resembling a behavior. And it is hard to imagine cobbling together a string of these conditioned responses into something as simple as it. This is where instrumental learning comes in. In instrumental learning, the animal must do a purposeful behavior. While classical conditioning trains an involuntary response, like salvation, instrumental learning aims to train a voluntary action. Instrumental learning forms the basis of every dog training method ever published. Teaching the sit command is based on instrumental learning. Here, the stimulus is either a hand signal or a spoken word, and the desired behavior is the act of sitting. When the dog sits and he is immediately rewarded, he makes an association between the act and the reward. In instrumental learning, the link between stimulus, sit, and act, sitting, is called the stimulus-response-SR relationship. Instrumental learning is also called operant conditioning because the animal learns to operate on or affect the environment. Psychologists have classified four different types of instrumental learning based on whether a behavior is rewarded or punished. A reward is something that the animal likes, such as food or praise. Punishment is something he doesn't like, such as a loud noise. See, I, I wouldn't like that. I think that's bad. Rewards and punishments can be either given or withheld, which leads to the four types of learning. For example, the removal of something unpleasant reinforces behavior, so we call it negative reinforcement. Negative meaning removal. Positive reinforcement comes from the delivery of a reward, while positive punishment comes from the delivery of something unpleasant. Uh, the final combination, negative punishment, occurs when you take something desirable away from the animal. Negative punishment is a popular tactic among parents trying to curb undesirable behavior in their children. The suspension of computer privileges is a classic negative punishment and should, according to theory, decrease the frequency of the offending behavior. The use of instrumental learning to change behavior is broadly referred to as behaviorism. Psychologist Edward Thorndike described many of its basic laws. The law of effect states that SR relationships 
are determined by how much the animal likes the reward. The more he likes it, the stronger the SR link. Sondike law of exercise states that an SR relationship is strengthened through use and weakened through disuse. Sondike laws were further elaborated by the legendary, legendary psychologist B.F. Skinner. <laughs> if it was B.S., it would be funnier. Um, who thought that all behavior could be reduced to a set of SR relationship, relationships. He is most famously associated with the Skinner Box, a device that automatically trains rats or pigeons to learn behaviors. After Pavlov's basically basic discovery and Thorndike's and Skinner's elaborations on it, behaviorism flourished. It reached its peak in popularity in the 1960s when psychologists and psychiatrists began applying these theories of animal learning to human behavior. Mm -hmm. Techniques that target, targeted everything from smoking cessation to learning to make friends were all rooted in the behaviorist tradition. While some of its prominence has waned in recent years, behaviorist techniques remain the most commonly used talk therapies for depression and anxiety in humans, which explains why there are so many, <laughs> which is called Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, CBT. Yeah, so with tapping, you start changing your brain as you tap. With CBT, you have to work on it for the next however month. So, <laughs> go check out the actual science, guys. And you can start tapping right now, by the way. And you don't have to watch this stream. You can just go and do it yourself. Yeah, because we are so toxic. <laughs> when it comes to dogs, much has been said and written about positive and negative training methods. While they're all based in the behaviorist tradition, different schools of thought place different emphasis on rewards like food and praise and punishments like noises, scolding or pain. Yeah, none of them are acceptable. There is no doubt that the administration of a punishment can cause an immediate effect on a dog's behavior. What isn't clear is whether the dog actually learns anything from it. The child who has lost her TV privileges may have learned not to repeat her offense, or she may simply have learned not to get caught. This is the limitation of behaviorism. One can never truly know why a person or animals does something. You can only observe the effect of a reward or punishment and whether it increases or decreases a particular behavior. And this is why I don't talk to those people. I don't really care what they say. I talk about it in here when people tell me about it and say, yeah, well, whatever this sort of thing. But it's a waste of time to go and try. Those people will not change until they're ready. Let them be who they are. I know they don't own who they are really because they always try and play a part they're not, they're not but that kind of shows how unhinged they truly are right so let them be confused what do you care in fact the hardcore behaviorists completely dismiss what goes on in an animal's head since behavior is the only thing that matters to a behaviorist subjective thoughts and emotions become irrelevant 
But if you have tried to curb a dog from a particular bad behavior, chewing furniture or shoes, for example, you know the frustration of trying to understand why none of the punishments are working. How many dog owners have cried out in vain? Why are you doing that? I hoped the dog project would someday be able to answer that question. Until that day, Mark and I would need to figure out a training protocol based on conventional behaviorist methods that would get a dog to willingly climb in an MRI machine. I met Mark at CPT. The training facilities are basically a large room. The linoleum flooring makes for easy cleanup of the inevitable accidents. Apart from a teeter-totter and some ramps and hopes for agility training, the room is devoid of furniture. The Spartan decor minimizes dog-induced damage expenses. Mark was wearing his standard attire for dog training. A polo emblazoned with the CPT logo, athletic shorts and running shoes. I had seen him only in dog training mode, so I was surprised when he greeted me with such enthusiasm for the dog project. From the beginning, we agreed training should be done strictly with positive reinforcement. It wouldn't be right to use punishment to teach a behavior this strange that would not directly benefit either the dogs or their owners. Everything in the dog project should be fun. Fun for the dogs and fun for the owners. Mark suggested that this would be much easier if we could utilize the dog's natural behaviors. Natural behaviors are ones that dogs do on their own. Walking, sitting, and lying down are natural behaviors. If the dog has a drive to hunt small animals, then tracking might be considered a natural behavior too. Retrievers were originally bred to retrieve ducks, so they have a natural drive to carry objects in their mouths and at least in theory return them to their handlers. For some dogs, swimming is a natural behavior. For others, water is to be avoided at all costs. Yes, I had both kind of dogs. It's so funny. It is safe to say that going into an MRI is not a natural dog behavior. Most humans don't like it either. But Mark explained how we could train a sequence of behaviors that were mostly natural for the dog. Most of what the dog has to do is a downstay position correct. In a downstay, the dog lies down and stays in that position while the handler remains some distance away. Yes, I replied. Lying down is a natural behavior, so that is easy to teach with positive reinforcement. What else does the dog need to do? He needs to hold his head perfectly still, I said. How still? Less than two millimeters of movement for periods up to 20 seconds. Everything depended on the head being still. Any movement would render the MRI data useless. When we perform scans on humans, the subject lies on our back with their head surrounded by foam pads. 
most people are able to remain still and the foam makes it easier. But a dog might not like his head being encased in foam. Yeah, no shit. Maybe something less intrusive would, be su would suffice. We could make a chin rest for the dog, I suggested. Mark liked this idea. When we train dogs for tracking, we will often teach them a touch command where they touch their nose to a target. We could do the same thing to teach a dog to touch a chin rest. Dogs use their nose to touch and sniff everything. This was a brilliant example of talking, of taking a natural behavior and turning it into a trained one. That left only the noise. MRIs are as loud as a jackhammer. Mark stressed the importance of subject selection. He said, we will need to carefully select the first subject for the right temperament characteristics. With the right subjects, the training would be easy. We certainly didn't want a situation in which the dog didn't want to be there. Even if we could train the dog to stay in the MRI, if he didn't want to be there, all we would capture would be an anxious dog brain. Because the patient table of the MRI is elevated, the ideal dog would be unafraid of heights let alone enclosed spaces. <laughs> yeah, imagine if the dog has claustrophobia. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Total insanity, you know? <laughs> Because we would most likely be studying several dogs, the ideal subjects would need to be social. And because there will be different people at the scanner, including MRI techs, vet techs, and people from the lab, the dogs would also have to be unafraid of strangers. In Georgia, thunderstorms occur with regularity during the spring and summer. I don't know if there is a higher proportion of dogs with thunder phobias in the southeast, but it is very common in Atlanta. Even though the MRI doesn't sound like thunder, an exciting negative association to loud noises might make training difficult. As long as the dog didn't have a noise phobia, we could gradually acclimate him to the specific type and volume of noise the MRI makes. The dog should be calm, Mark said and she should be unafraid of novel environments. I had no grant funding to do this. Everyone was volunteering, but it still cost those 500 an hour to rent time on the MRI. I had a small amount of discretionary research funds, but to keep costs down, we couldn't burn up a scanner time just to let the dogs get used to the room. If we could find dogs that naturally remain calm in new situations, it would significantly boost our chances of success when it came time to actually do the scans. The most important trait, Mark said, is motivational drive. What do you mean, I asked. The dog has to enjoy the training. If he isn't having fun, it is much harder to shape behaviors. And that's true of people too, and that's why they always use fun 
to get them brainwashed good. Oh, I'm so much fun! I'm so positive! Thorndike first law. The more the dog likes something, the stronger the SR relationship. So do you know any dogs that meet all these criteria? I asked. I know some that compete in agility trials, he said. But the owners can be a problem. If the owner isn't motivated to do the training, then the dog won't be either. A lot of people in the dog world have their own ideas about training. For this to work, we will want the training protocol to be consistent between dogs and owners. I hadn't thought about the human side of the equation. Getting people to do what you want is a lot more difficult than getting dogs to. If Mark could do all the training, that would solve the problem, but he still had a business to run. What if I or Andrew learned how to train dogs? I wondered whether Callie could do this. She certainly wasn't calm, but she was highly motivated by the prospect of hot dogs. The idea of training Callie to go into the MRI seemed unlikely, so I kept that thought to myself. Mark had been in dog training for a long time, and he knew a lot of dogs and owners in Atlanta. I have a few people in mind, he said. Let me talk to them and get back to you. I was excited. I didn't think anyone in the dog world would take the idea of scanning dog brains seriously. But Mark was not your typical trainer. Much to my surprise, he was just as excited about the dog project as I was. After 20 years of dog training, he was feeling a bit burned out. The dog project, he later told me, renewed his enthusiasm for his work, opening up a whole new dimension in improving dog-human communication. And that is chapter 5, with a lot of verbal caca in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> because we're crazy, right? So we have to keep the crazy up. We are so crazy! <sighs> that was my stomach. I'm very sorry. But that was in response, so, you know, we're so crazy and toxic. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. I love people like that. Honey bunny. So, I'm gonna read chapter 5 in a little bit. I'm just gonna refuel a little bit of coffee. I don't feel, I don't feel well yet. Of course not, because this, um, because obviously there's a lot of crap going on in the world and nobody who can feel the field well will feel really completely well. They're lying if they're telling you that. It's bullshit. The gurus, you know, it's different, but there aren't as many gurus as you think. They all want to be gurus and come across as gurus, but they're all fucking using this mind control bullshit. So once you learn the language and once you know the ways, you can see for yourself. And that's the whole point. As, um... Any intelligent being will tell you whatever opinion someone has is still their opinion. And if they're honest with you, they'll always tell you. You will find your own answers. You just need to start looking. 
But there are some things that obviously are gonna bring you shit karma. And those things are inevitably always the ones that are somehow harming others in ways that it's not as easy to undo, you know? So there are many people who think somehow they will be saved in spite of what they're doing. No, they won't. <laughs> Unfortunately, anyone who is helping in any way the cult achieve their way is gonna ultimately get the same karma. So Some of us are just trying to plant a seed so maybe you can start seeing the truth and take action in a way that is more in line with who you truly are rather than what they convince you you should be and we're certainly not the ones to tell you what to do you know because it's not our path it's yours but it, it, you're either breathing or you're not breathing right so if you're not breathing someone has to start you up right and then you can go on your own if someone doesn't help you you're gonna fucking die do you understand that it's the same thing so yes, there are many people who just stop trying because they realize that, you know, there is no point. That's why I don't go talk to those people for me. If they bother to come in here and then they behave like trolls, I just ban them. Because um, there is no space for this shit. If they come and have a conversation, they never can really because they usually get triggered by the conversations because they're not emotionally very aware, right? They like to dish it out, but when people just put them in front of the actual reality of things and how they are behaving for real, then they don't like it because they want to feel like they are the best. Oh, look, I made so much money. You know, it's very common among people who make money um, and who think they are it. They usually, their ego usually goes out of proportion and tend to, you know, somehow they, they, they figure that the ability to uh, help the cult and play the game and hence making lots of cash because of it is equal to what uh, people who actually do help others, um, you know. And you look at them and you go, okay, well, you know what? There's not much to say with people like that. You try and stay away from them because they stink. And, you know, they're like those stinky fairies, you know? They look good from a distance. Don't get too close to them because then you can smell their shit. And that's pretty much And their shit stinks. Nothing grows on it because they're fucking toxic, right? Silicon and much. So, yeah, there's nothing you can say about it, you know? With people like that, usually it's important, it's impossible to have a conversation, basically. So, when you get real and you start talking about the real shit, uh, they lose their shit, usually, and they start attacking your person, because that's what abusers do. Well, you know, you're looking at them and go, this, this is your behavior, this is how you behave, okay? You can say this, but this is how you behave, and that's ultimately who you are right now. You're not your behavior, like your, your true self, but right now you're displaying that. 
and they confused, you know, they confuse the two, who you are and the behavior, and they identify with what they have and the followers and the people who watch them. And they think that's what matters in life. Me, I don't need fuck. I'm like any other person who is in a way, you know, in tune with the field and has realized a long time ago that you don't really need to have all that much. That's all cult, fake bullshit. You just need to have all that you need. That's it. You don't need to have surplus. Because there is absolutely enough for everybody. Always has been. Just not when you're greedy and when you want to take what's not yours. And that's where you see people who are very asleep because they're always in competition in the end with others and they don't have a healthy competition with themselves because they don't love themselves, obviously. And... Oh, wow. Someone is freaking out. Huh? <laughs> I'm gonna shut her up. Someone must have come close to the window or something. What time is it? Oh, it's probably the kids outside making noise. And um, obviously they don't love themselves in reality, right? They, they have mental problems. I mean, that's why they alter their bodies and they do all the stuff shit they do. It's because they're not happy with who they are. And they're not happy with their shell. And they don't realize that's just a shell, right? And you came with the shell for a reason. And when you go alter the shell, um, you know, unless you had a crash and something else altered it for you, you are basically going against what you chose for this time around. You're literally going against, you know, your path. But maybe that's the path that they have to take with this shell. Maybe they have to go through it, right? Maybe this was their, their learning and, you know, until they're dead, they still have time to change. Like that chick who was talking about how, um, you know, now she's much older and she changed her life completely because she realized she was dying, basically dying to be beautiful, right? And she said, you know, I cannot undo all the damage I've done to my body, right? But I can. You 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 can get um, to the point where it will happen enough that at least you know you have a better chance to live longer. I think you can undo it. I mean, I know they say that shit doesn't exit your body and stuff. I think eventually, you know, there's, there is a way, sound, I'm sure sound can do it. It's just there is not a lot of people who are dedicating themselves to this kind of stuff. That's the same. And those who do, they usually charge a lot of money or, you know, you have to work on it by yourself if you really are into, just like anything, right? And I think that is worth learning, you learn by yourself, really. That's why... In reality, you see the difference between truthers and those who are not really truthers. Is because those who are not truthers, they always will assert that they are above you, 
and they always will try and sell you a program of some kind. Whether it's all coming to my stream all the time, or, you know, uh, just uh, depend on me somehow, basically, I'm above you. And it's implied in everything they do and say, even though they try and come across as, oh, it's so nice, they're pacifying you. And these are, you know, the techniques that they're showing you here, which is kind of funny, I didn't expect this in the book, by the way. But I find it hilarious because, you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's also true how they're you. The reason why they're doing this is because they are always gonna try and apply what they learn to human behavior. The ultimate thing is that because that's how they control the masses. And this is why democracy is yet another psyop, because in itself, it doesn't really guarantee what people really want, because when you have a bunch of brainwashed individuals, there goes your democracy, and that's why they always push that in their cult programs, you know, those shows and everything they put on all those platforms. You know, along with all the other bullshit, toxic masculinity, climate change, and all the other crap, you know, that is all clearly just done to mind control. It's a predictive programming, and people just don't seem to, you know, ever learn, some people. But I think many people have opened their eyes, just there's a lot of people still haven't, and, um... Their time is running out, definitely. I mean, it's just, you know, they're gonna have to, they're gonna go through their own cycles again. It's what it is, it's not the end of the world, jeez. It's just I wouldn't want to have all that much, that karma. If you have had any form of constant physical pain, you will know how it feels, so you, you don't want to go there. <laughs> See, you will laugh. <laughs> it made me think of my friend. I had a friend who had that evil laugh. Uh, some people. <laughs> she was quite a. I don't know if she's alive or not. I, I lost contact with her. Along the way, we lost our way. Well, it's mostly also because she she's very some people, you know, for like one time this person told me that she was sleeping with a married man and she was, you know, she had that evil laugh. No, she wasn't using it just for that. She was funny also, but obviously she she was damaged somewhere. Because to, to sleep with, like, she was bragging about the fact that he had his family in the car and he went upstairs to see her. And I'm, I'm looking at her going, wow, you're, you're my friend? Like, <laughs> so that's why I say some people are just so fucked, man. Like, and, and this is the thing, like, people like that will justify anything pretty much, right? So... They always justify behaving in certain ways. Oh, what's wrong with it? It's like, oh, what do you think? It's like, would you like it if you were, you know? Well, what can she expect? It's like, excuse me? 
I don't know if they're married for him not to fool around. It just doesn't, it seems reasonable to me, right? So yeah, after that, I kind of, you know, I kind of stayed away because, you know, I don't really want to be around people who don't have respect and don't realize that, fuck, you know, no, you don't do certain things to others, period. It's just disgusting. And, you know, to just try to pass it as normal. Yeah, and then if you point it out, you're negative. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. That's, that's the... <laughs> oh, fuck. So, yeah, I don't know if she's alive or not, but some people, you know. It's better to stay away. Usually when I think about people that I haven't thought about for a long time, it's because they will try and contact me. It's pretty funny. I hope not. I mean, people can change, it's true, but um, I just, when I see certain behaviors in people, I don't really want to be around them because I cannot trust them. And if I can't trust you, why would I want you around me? If you don't have respect for the people who, for if you don't have respect for the defenseless, and you do things without giving a fuck about others, just thinking about yourself, I cannot have you around me. Period. I have my boundaries and I stick to them because I know what's best. And when I saw that, and I, I stuck around for a bit, it's not like I just, you know. But I saw that it was just in it, there was no, I just fucked off, I was like, I don't need to be around this, I don't want this in my life. This is not good energy in any way. But this person was eating a lot of garbage, you know, all the time, she was literally never eating good stuff. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it wasn't surprising. And she came from a family of tin, tin heads who believed in some medicine, right? And so the problems they had, they weren't born with those problems. But when you eat crap a lot, that's what happens, right? So, yeah, it's, it's really funny how people are. But, you know, when I met her, she seemed very nice, and, and she was, she had a nice side, but I just think she was very fucked up, personally, and uh, she couldn't see it or heal from it and so I just stopped away you know I just disappear basically I what do they say today I ghost them yeah I just I don't have any more communication with them and then eventually they stop bothering you because people usually get the picture eventually. Some of them don't, some of them come back after a while and try again. And I think to myself, dear God, like seriously, get the fucking gist. Leave and let leave, man, like fuck. 
You're not my kind of dude, friend, whatever, right? Like, just fuck off. Leave me alone. Leave and not leave. Have a good life. Don't need to hear the same room or anything. It's not a big deal. But yeah, and, and she told me that shit after years and years that I knew her, so, you know, I was like... And I always saw behavior here and there. I couldn't quite point out exactly. I always thought it was because of the physical issues. But then I realized, no, you're just someone who doesn't really have respect for the feelings of others. And you don't seem... Obviously, someone did it to you, and then, you know, it triggered that behavior in you. But because I've been around people like that when I was young, and it hurt me, I don't want to be around that. Because I know, if I go in the other mode, I know how it's gonna end up. And I have my boundaries, so I respect them, you know? You can live whatever life you want, just stay away. Live and let live, man. It's not a judgment, it's just uh, an observation that if you do it to another woman, what's other gonna stop you from doing it back to me? I can't trust you. If you kill animals, how do I know one day you're not gonna think it's okay to kill humans? Sorry. You know? It just... If you play um, the schoolgirl leaking mice, how do I know you're not in pedophilia? Because little girls usually are underage. They are very innocent young creatures. So... You don't get what you're doing? Like, seriously? Are you that dumb? Yep, they are. And that's what the bottom line is. So, I know, I know what um, the result is when we hang around people who are not aware of what their actions really mean to others. Yeah, and the fine part is that she was way older than me too, and that's what really, you know, like the amount of emotional intelligence there was like so fucking low, you know, I couldn't believe it, I was like, whoa. laughing about it like she was. I was like, oh yeah, she's there in the car. It's so funny. I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? But who knows? Maybe she was one of the monarchs later. Oh, and then she was obsessed with saying that she was cute. That was the other thing. I'm so cute. I'm like, dude, you're over 40. Do you really fucking care about that shit anymore? Who cares what other people think about you? Do you like yourself? That's all it takes. You know, be happy with who you are. What other people think of you is not your business. Don't fucking give a shit. You know? Ultimately, we all have our own ideas, right? So, Unless they're really bothering you. But, you know, people are funny. We're all a little funny. And that's okay. So... 
There is the ASMR in the background. I'm gonna try and do some later if I feel a little better. I'm gonna stop this and um, take a break because I need to go and check why she was barking. No, I'm kidding. I just like to go there and see what she's up to. When she goes in the bedroom, that little stinker. <laughs> I was looking at her this morning and I was like, you have such a good life. Like, you go from one pillow to the other, you know, like she's treated like a queen. There's people who are not treated so well. And um, it's just... She's, she's so funny, but she is so loyal and so caring, you know. She, she is a little brat, right? Like, she knows she is spoiled and but she had a tough life before. But she, she is funny. She has a funny personality and she wants to play. I mean, she looks like a puppy, so it's hilarious. Dogs are so funny. And they are all so different. And that's why I kind of like mutts a lot, because with mutts, <laughs> you never know what you're gonna get. It's always like opening up a present. <laughs> oh god, the dogs. Well, if I could choose, I would spend my time with my puppies and, uh, you know, all the animals and stuff, I mean, it's kind of like the perfect lifestyle, you know. If I could be a fly on the wall and observe it all without them knowing I'm there and actually seeing them in their natural state, I would like that very much. You know, just be, absorb it all. I mean, we do it when we meditate and stuff. There's so many ways to do it, but physically, I would like to be able to do it, you know. It would be such an experience, too. And they are so amazing animals. They, their love is not quite the same, you know. Like when you have a fr human friend, you know. Or, you know, a mom, whatever. It's not the same love as with animals, I find. It's so unconditional, and it's so... It, it's really... Yeah, they want to cook you, but in the, in the end, the truth is, they love us unconditionally. And cats are the same. I know people think cats, but well, cats are so loyal. So it's a bunch of bullshit. My cat used to sit with me all the time when I was sick, when I had migraines all the time, so... Cats are amazing, and rats are also like that, like all animals are, they have their own personality, each and every one of them, it's just people don't observe them, you know, and they want to believe the fake scientists that have every interest to tell you that animals are inferior, <laughs> whatever, they are pretty fucking awesome actually. Finally the... The little hummingbird came close to me this morning and I was outside and came close to me and had food 
from the feeder. He was always waiting and waiting. It's like, dude, I fucking feed you. What do you think I'm gonna do? Eat you? You're too small. If I was gonna pick a bird to eat, it would be like an owl or a freaking hog. At least like a little bigger. <laughs> you know, there are geese around here. I know my uncle, if he was around here, he would be salivating. I mean, the amount of geese around here, of course, you're not allowed to do anything to them. But uh, I'm sure when people are not looking, you know. Where I'm from, cause they are, they eat cats from the fucking street, so... <laughs> yep, and apparently it tastes like rabbit, guys, which I also don't like. And they also, people I know have stolen rabbits from the neighbors. Yep, yep, they have. And they tell me these stories, and I'm like, why are you telling me these fucking stories? Because they were shocked that their relative did that. I'm like, yeah, no shit, it's like a psycho behavior, man. And the neighbor was looking for their pet, and the pet was gone. <laughs> I'm laughing because it's just so sad and bad. I prefer laughing about it. But, I mean, imagine if that was your pet, right? Like, how fucked up is that, man? No, but it's normal, you know? So, yeah. That's how it is. But I, I was laughing before because when he said that they were she, they were telling Kali to not go after the animals. I do the same thing. It's it's their instinct, right? It's just um, it's it's their instinct. But that doesn't mean we should let them because they're not hungry and. In reality, it's not a necessity for them to be healthy, to kill, you know. And it has been shown that evolution works also in that way where, you know, they don't need to do it. They can evolve out of that behavior that no longer serves them or anyone. And uh, ultimately, I just want to say and remind everybody, Bible thumpers and everybody included, that in the Garden of Eden, everybody lives together without subduing, killing, and eating anyone, even lions. And, you know, imagine all the people, right? Living life in peace. Ah, I used to say living life in piss, because that was my joke about, you know, when you pee in bed. Uh -uh. <laughs> yep. So, we'll see you in the next one. Enough with the verbal caca today, but sometimes we gotta do it. It's just fun, you know? Plus, when we hear people attacking, not us specifically, but people who speak up about the truth and they don't like it, it's like, well, of course we are doing this, because what you're doing is wrong, and we know what you're doing. Whether you realize fully what's going on because obviously you're not that intelligent if you were you would not be working for the cult in the first place <laughs> but you know emotional intelligence is something eventually everybody gets around to have so it's okay you're not that smart now but you know you will get there but hey maybe you just need to go through the suffering right? because it doesn't seem that a lot of them are getting the picture so that's okay it's coming it's almost there.
see you in the next one.